0: Father, we thank you for you are our glory. We love and adore you and bless your holy name. Thank you for today. As we've come for Bible study this evening, we ask that you enlighten us. Help us to grow, to become more like you. We ask that you flood our hearts with the revelation knowledge of your son Jesus. Teach us your ways, that we may apply our hearts to spiritual wisdom. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Oh, is it being recorded? All right. Uh, Please be seated. Thank you so much for coming. All right. What a blessing. All right. So, um, in the next um, few minutes, I quickly want to establish us on a very important truth that I strongly believe every Christian should understand. Now, what is happening today is that, you know, in an attempt to solve people's problems or in an attempt to make people's lives better, we sometimes have preached, as preachers, have gone to the extreme. And we are almost at the verge or at the edge of losing very vital Christian truths that are so crucial to the faith of Christianity. The problems of people can be very overwhelming and sometimes as a preacher or as a teacher The more of people's problems you hear, you know, because we are very compassionate sometimes when we we have a when people have are going through issues that you cannot you know you can't be able to solve. Sometimes there's a tendency, you know, of focusing more so that people can at least become happy when they hear you encourage them about their life problems. But that also can be very tempting. It's unfortunate that the faith of the Christian is almost lost. Today you ask the Christian, the average Christian about salvation and you will be shocked the response you get. We know more how to kill witches than how Christ died for us. And that can be dangerous. Tonight I want to establish you on what I call Assurance of Salvation. I've done a very casual teaching on that today. I want to take it to the next level here. Assurance of Salvation. I heard someone say that yes when you know people normally when you teach on salvation they are the very elementary teachings of the Christian faith so You know, when the children in Christ understand salvation, we go into deeper realms. Salvation is the deeper realm. And I'll be explaining some wonderful things to you that will really help you. So we want to solve or answer a question about assurance. How do you know you are saved? That's what we mean by assurance of salvation. How do you know you are saved? Or how sure are you that you are saved? Number one, how do you know you are saved? Number two, how sure are you that you are saved? Praise God. Now it's unfortunate that many Christians have placed the evidence and the assurance of their salvation on experiences and outward feelings. But that is very wrong. You ask an average Christian, how do you know you are saved? Or what's the assurance that you are saved? The the Christian will tell you, I I know I'm saved because I, 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 I began to shed tears on the altar. I had goosebumps all over my body. That's how I know I'm saved. I felt holy chills on my body. That's how come I know I'm saved. I slept and Jesus appeared to me and he says, My daughter, my daughter, that's how I know I'm saved. So we place evidence of salvation on visions, emotions, experiences, and physical feelings so now if the evidence that you are saved was that when you came for altar call you had goosebumps on your body or you, you the, 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 the experience was so emotional now the day you lose that emotion there will be a problem on the evidence of your salvation because you, there, there are days when people come to the altar and they are crying they are shedding tears some have visions of Jesus and all that but listen to me the moment a Christian places the evidence or the assurance of his salvation on experiences there's going to be problem the day you lose that experience you lose that salvation that's what you're saying so if it was goosebumps that you experienced and that becomes the evidence the day you don't have that goosebumps again after 10 years you don't feel anything again that means you're going to doubt your salvation number two others have placed the evidence of salvation on their works which they have done and this can be very dangerous to the faith of Christianity some have placed the evidence and assurance of their salvation on the works that they have done and that can be dangerous to the faith of Christianity you meet people doing evangelism I mean I don't mean them harm you know but people preaching cars people preach uh, on the markets, um, people preach in other places and sometimes you hear what people say about salvation and it's so sad now I don't condemn such people because they are doing what some of us can't do so you've got to be very careful when you're condemning people but you see, sometimes you hear teachings like um, um, you wear let's say Peruvian hair, you are going to hell." put on lipstick you are going to hell and you can hear some of these teachings and you're like really so if people place the evidences on such then what becomes of the blood of jesus am i teaching good here so now listen We got to understand two basic principles to understand salvation. Number one, salvation is not a feeling, it is a knowing. Salvation is not a feeling, it is what? A knowing. That means when it comes to salvation, we must not feel saved. We must know we are saved. Because there are days you will not feel saved. So that's the first principle. If we want to be established in the doctrine of salvation. We we say salvation is not what a feeling but a knowing. We must not feel saved. We must know we are saved. Number two, salvation is founded on a man's work. Not man's work. (laughs) Salvation is founded on a man's work. Not man's work. Very simple but deep. I repeat again. Salvation is founded on a man's work. Who is that man? Jesus. Not man's work. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Acts 4 12. Acts 4.12. The Bible says, Acts 4.12. He says, Salvation is found in no what? One else. What did I just say? Salvation is what? Founded on what? And man's work. Not man's work he says salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under having given to men by which we must be saved and i add except the name of jesus so it's found in a man it's found in a man's work not man's work are you following that now it is very important that we know and understand that salvation is very important Praise God. Because your understanding of salvation affects your entire Christian life. Please put this down. Very important. Your understanding of salvation affects your entire Christian life. Now, we need to understand that Christianity stands or falls on the truth of salvation Christianity stands or falls on the truth of salvation What I mean by that is that there is no Christianity without salvation hmm. The weakness or strength of Christianity is founded on the understanding of salvation. So, weakness in Christianity is determined by weakness of the understanding of salvation. Strength in Christianity is predicated on the strength of our understanding of salvation now let me put it in a better light. A poor understanding of salvation will lead to a poor understanding of Christian living. A poor understanding of salvation will lead to a poor understanding of Christian living. What do I mean by Christian living? I'm talking of the entire body of christianity talking of faith giving prayer service god's character everything because if you have a poor understanding of salvation you're going to have a poor understanding of god's character you're going to have a poor understanding of giving you're going to have a poor understanding of faith you're going to have a poor understanding of christian service So here comes a big question. Does works come before salvation, or works comes after salvation? We got to answer this question. Someone says, Man of God, you are talking about assurance of salvation. Why are you passing here? I need to pass by that place. Because you need to have a certain understanding of salvation before you can be assured of that salvation so the question we are asking is that is works or does works come before salvation or works comes after salvation if you can't answer that question there will be trouble with your christian life you know how you may be thinking what we are treating is a very simple topic but i'm telling you it's a very tough thing we are dealing with here i'm teaching good here so do i do something to be saved, or I do something because I'm saved. Acts chapter ten, the verse one. Now, everybody, I wish you open your Bible there. Though it's projected, because I want this thing to get into your soul. Because I am just sick and tired of we going to evangelism. We speak to Christians. You ask them, "How sure are you that you are saved?" The person says that because I go to church. So you mean you've been a Christian for 15 years, 10 years? You can't explain to me salvation. So, what have you been believing all this while? And it's a big shame. Now, there was a wonderful man called Cornelius, who was a centurion of the band called Italian Band. Now, if you read from the verse 1, the Bible says there was a man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, note this. The verse 2 is a very important point I want you to note because I'm going to use that to build on what I'm teaching you. The Bible says he was a devout man. Now, give me um, NLT. He was a devout man. He says, okay, he was devout. Now, give me NIV. NIV. Devote okay, let's try amplified and let's see. A devote man who venerated God. Okay, let's continue. And one that did what feared God with all his house, which gave alms to the people, and did what pray to God away now. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him Cornelius. And when he looked on him he was afraid and said what is it Lord? And he said unto him thy prayers and thy arms are come up for me come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon who said him is Peter. He launched with one Simon a eternal whose house is by the sea, seaside he shall tell thee what, what thou oughtest to do now the Bible tells us of this man called Cornelius and the Bible describes Cornelius with four words the Bible says number one he was a devout man number two he was God fearing number three he gave much alms and number four the Bible says he what He prayed always. But an angel appeared to this man in a vision and told him to go to Simon Peter and he would tell him what to do. Now, remember this man was not born again. So obviously, what Simon was going to tell him to do was what? Was what? Say it if to be born again. Praise God. So, this man was not born again. Don't forget that. Because when you read further, you realize that they got born again as Peter was sent and Peter preached the gospel to them. Now, there are four main things we can deduce that cannot save a man. There are four main things that we can deduce from here that cannot save a man. Because this, this man was doing these four things yet here man had to be sent for him to hear the gospel to be born again. Please note that. Number one doing good acting godly or doing righteous things. That's number one. Doing good acting godly or living righteously so number one that cannot save that cannot what? save are we clear on that? Remember the Bible tells us that our righteousness are like what? Filthy rocks before him. Now, okay, maybe I'm going to go straight into that when we get there. That's number one. Number two, fearing God. The second thing that cannot save a man is fearing God. Now I'm sure someone is like, man of God, you mean, first of all, when you said righteous, I didn't say anything. (laughs) Now you have added fearing God. So you mean we shouldn't fear God? Relax. Hear what I'm saying. Because I'm giving you good stuff. We said these are things that cannot save a man. I didn't say these are things that are unimportant in the Christian life. Note that. So the second thing is what fearing God. Now, do you know the fetish priest who honor and fear God? And give him reference. They give him the reverence that though they are under this God, there is a greater God bigger than them. They acknowledge that, but are they born again? There are very great people who fear God, I'm telling you. Good people who fear God, yet they are not born again. So that's number two. Number three, giving. You can't buy your salvation with giving. All kinds of doctrines. I've heard someone say the more you give, the more your gate in heaven becomes bigger. You'll be shocked. It's a philosophy. So this person lives to give. So, there are people who are trying to gain access with that wrong understanding of giving. And number four, praying. The fourth thing that can never save a man is praying. Now, remember, Muslims pray. In in fact, five times a day. You, do you pray? You don't pray. But you are born again. (laughs) Jews pray three times a day. But they are not saved. Buddhists pray. Meditatively. But they are not saved. And these are four things we need to understand. That cannot save a man. What's number one? Doing good. Number two? Fearing God. Number three? Giving. Number four? Praying. These things can never save a man. So now we want to answer the question, is works before salvation or works is after salvation? By this thing, what's the conclusion? Works is after salvation. So these things are not unimportant. Rather, we must place them in the rightful context. Context. We do these things not to be saved, but rather we do them because we are saved so after salvation our godly living our fearing god our giving and our prayer becomes relevant to god remember the bible says his giving was a memorial but it was not saved so in as much as all these four things are very great outside the context of salvation they can't help please am I teaching you something good now this teaching I'm giving you is going to combat a lot of things going on today because if you don't understand them you'll be in trouble by giving you this teaching I am actually putting on you a weapon you know that weapon it's called what the helmet of salvation You can put this bomb down. Salvation is not attained or achieved. It is received. Salvation is not attained or achieved, but received. If you're not making notes, you're a suspect. You are saying that you don't care about truths that will help to build your life. Because you can't keep all these things I'm saying in your mind. If you didn't bring your notebook, put it on your phone. But try, any time I are coming for Wednesday service, come with a diary and a notebook. Put some notes down. Praise God. What do we just say? Salvation is not what? Attained or achieved. It is what? Received. Meaning salvation is a gift from God. Now let's go through some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. Now, look at that, the Bible says for by grace are ye saved through faith Uh -uh. for by grace are ye saved through through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, one thing you need to understand about salvation, that salvation is a gift what do you do to a gift giving? you receive it so now note that he says salvation he said for by grace are ye saved through faith now notice the Bible didn't say by faith are you saved because we are not saved by faith we are saved by grace so grace did the saving faith did the taking or receiving of that salvation so that means your faith is not powerful until grace makes it available Are you following this? So grace is the hand that gives you the package of salvation. Faith is the hand that receives that total package of salvation. Did did you get that? Please note that. Very important point. So you got to put this down. Very important. Salvation is grace alone. Through faith alone. In Christ alone. (laughs) salvation is grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone now some truth is about to follow what I just said and you need to understand that salvation is what? grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone now you'll be attacked as time goes on, because of this truth anything other than this truth I'm teaching you is there to corrupt the face of Christianity when we take this very truth out of salvation, we corrupt the integrity of Christianity now I heard someone say he went to heaven and Jesus appeared to him and said to him that those who don't pay tithe will go to hell someone also went to heaven and said he saw a vision and Jesus said women who wear nails will not go to heaven my wife is wearing one anyway (laughs) now we have a problem 2,000 years ago there was no (laughs) nails there was no heel so once we introduce something we call it modernized gospel And that can be a problem. Apostle Paul warned every child of God when it comes to visions and revelations. There was a boy who had a vision at the age of five years, and he came and said all kinds of things. He saw his grandfather in hell, saw all kinds of things (laughs) in hell, and wrote a book on it. It was after 15 years, the boy said what he said was a lie. And he had already won bestseller <laughs> made some good money and after 15 years you said it's what? a lie so now what of those who did not follow scripture and bought into the vision of a boy on how people got to heaven listen scripture is your boundary visions are to validate scripture they are not to replace scripture Visions are to validate scripture, not to replace scripture. In Galatians chapter 1, the verse 6 to 8, every child of God should be aware of this. The Bible says, I marvel that he has soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. That means every child of God must know there are two gospels. The gospel and another gospel. So you need to understand that there are other gospels that are going around in the name of Jesus Christ. That means you can package your own version of the gospel and add Jesus to it. Before we proceed there. Now come to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. From um, the verse. From the verse 4. Now he says for if he that cometh. Preacheth what? Another Jesus. So there is another Jesus that is preached. That is not Jesus. Whom you have not preached, or if you have received another spirit. Now, what it means is that if you preach another Jesus, that is not the Jesus of scripture. You receive another spirit, which is not the Holy Spirit. So, the Jesus you hear determines the spirit you receive. So if the Jesus you heard stated that it is tightening that equals salvation, that means you receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. (laughs) Come back to Galatians chapter 1 the verse 6. Now we go to the verse 7. Now watch that. So everybody should be aware as a child of God that there is another gospel. Now, he says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you. That means in our dispensation, there are some that preach another gospel that bring trouble to our lives. Meaning, if you don't hear the gospel that is of Jesus Christ, according to scripture, what comes to you is what? Trouble. It comes to trouble you. He says, and will perfect, mix the gospel of Christ. Now look at the next verse. He says, but though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul is saying, after I've given you the counsel of the gospel, which is faith in Christ grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. If I live and an angel appears to you and said I came freshly from God's throne and I've come to thee with the word of the Lord. Hear thee, my son. You can only be born again when you crop your hair. When you burn incense. Paul said, let him be a curse. You know what a curse? It means be banned or excommunicated. You know what it means? If you are watching a television station and the gospel they are preaching is not according to what was preached, change it. Change the channel. Now, this warning was so serious to Paul that he repeated that same verse in the next verse. Look. He says, as I said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be what? A curse. That's a serious matter here. So he says, if an angel comes and gives you a vision other than what was preached, or if a human being comes with another message outside of this gospel of salvation, which is founded on the blood of Jesus Christ and received on an account of faith. He said, Let that person be accursed. Hmm. So, be very careful when someone gives you a vision about salvation outside scripture. Now imagine i come to you i'm preaching the gospel to you right you'll be shocked these same people who are hearing me someone comes and said i went to hell everybody will sit upright <laughs> i went to heaven and i saw the gold on the streets i saw the flowers the angels singing I saw many houses. Don't you have a house? (laughs) Now, people who respect that man, hey, he went to heaven. He's a special man. He went to hell. He's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to him. We easily discard scripture when people bring experience, and that is what has affected many Christians today. Is there anything wrong with vision of heaven and hell? No, it comes to encourage Christians, but when it goes outside the boundary of faith, discard it, no matter who said it. Did you hear me? No matter what, no matter what, who said it. So if that person is an archbishop or a Pope or a right reverend or a very reverend or a most reverend and comes and tells you that salvation is not grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone do what? Now you see this thing I'm teaching is a very serious matter so Ephesians 2 8, 9 says for by grace are you saved through faith it is not of yourselves it is a gift of God now when you come to the verse 9 of Ephesians 2 it says not of what? let's read together to go Meaning, if salvation is by works, you can boast. So, here comes my scenario again. we all queue in heaven. Lined up. Jesus appears to you. How did you get here? I cleaned the church chairs. They clap for you. How did you get here? I was a very powerful Christian who was always praying 24-7. They clap for you. How did you get here? was giving good offerings how did you get here i was sowing very good seeds how did you get here um i was a very good guy how did you get here i always come to church early how did you get here i never seen in my life how did you get here now what happens is that everybody had a reason for coming to heaven now question would jesus be glorified that's the challenge when we focus salvation on works we disgrace jesus and bring an embarrassment to the gospel because he gets no glory What we do is that we trample upon his blood and we say his blood was not necessary. It was my tithing that made it possible. It was my offering that made it possible. Now, that is not to say, because I need to correct that, that is not to say that you don't give tithe or offerings or give. What we are saying is that these are things we don't do to attain salvation. These are things we do after salvation to support God's kingdom. Please, are you getting this thing? So don't get it wrong. Because someone said, that, hey, yes, tell them. Already don't want to give and you're looking for an opportunity. But you see, we have to explain this thing very well so people don't get confused. I'm teaching with you. So... But you see, if we all get to heaven lined up and we ask you, how did you get your faith through his blood? How did you get your faith through his blood? How did you get your faith through his blood? How did you get your faith through his blood? Who gets the glory? Jesus! You've got to clap for that. And you're doing it for Jesus. So what happens is that we all give Jesus the fast because his blood made us whole. I love that. Now, I always use a scenario, two scenarios. The first one was the story of the Passover, the second one was the story of Noah. Now, remember in the story of the Passover, that's if you have read Exodus 12. The Bible tell us, tells us God told them to get the Passover lamp, examine the lamp to see whether it was without blemish. The whole assembly should kill the lamp, apply the blood of the lamp on the adult doorpost. Of course, that lamb was Jesus Christ. He was the lamb of God that taken away the sin of the world. He was examined. No fault found. Jesus was examined. There was no fault found in him. The whole assembly killed him. The whole Jewish assembly killed Jesus. But they placed the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And God said, when I see the blood, remember, he didn't say, when I see your work. So on that day, if you are a good man without the blood, you will die. And if you were a bad man having some character issues and you had the blood, you will live. So here they on that day, you did not have to be a good man or a bad man, you had to be a blood man. <laughs> it's good, man. it was the blood that made a difference so when the angel of death came and he saw the blood not your work so your work was not counting then as it pertains to salvation please are you getting this thing so when he saw the blood he passed over it's same with salvation the blood makes the difference so it is your faith in the blood that guarantees your salvation It's the same with Noah's ark. The ark was a picture of Christ and salvation. Listen to me if you were a good man and you failed to enter the ark, you would die. If you were bad and you were in the ark, you so that they imagine you've not done anything and then the flood was coming. You went to go and stand outside, hey, flood. You can't flood me. Because I ain't done anything bad this week, yeah. You can come. You can come. I haven't done anything bad. Now, what is gonna to happen to you? You'll be flooded. And you and if you're a bad guy, you you see the flood coming and you're like, nye, 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 nye. And you realize the flood is getting closer. And you run and enter the car. Ah! <laughs> and it closes. <laughs> you will be saved. Now, this is the... You see, this is what people can understand. This is what religious people can take. Man of God. So, what about the good things that we've done? You see, the self righteous cannot accept it. You know why? Salvation places both good people and bad people on equal grounds. Faith. So, on that day, the good cannot boast in their goodness. And the bad cannot pity their badness. Now, remember what I'm teaching is on account of salvation, not Christian living. Christian living is a, a whole teaching altogether. But we are speaking in reference to what? Salvation. Am I teaching well here? So now, look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Quickly. Now, he says, for the wages of sin is death. But the what? Gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. So we get to understand that salvation is God's gift through Jesus. We don't work for it. We receive it. Now... Open your Bibles to Romans chapter five, verse seventeen. Romans five, seventeen. Now watch that the Bible says five, seventeen. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, now who is that one? Who? Adam. Much more they which what receive abundance of grace and gift, gift gift of righteousness. So salvation is God's gift of righteousness. It is received. Second Timothy one 1.9 One of my favorite verses. Look, let's read together. Are you ready? You sure? 1, 2, go. Who are sick loudly? <laughs> you should be waving your hands and blessing the Lord. <clears throat> see Bible. See Bible. Hmm. Who was s- what s- s- what see. saved? I, the. I love it. Grandma, not grandma <laughs> and called us with what a <laughs> holy calling, not what according to our works, but what according to his own purpose. So listen, you are not even in the game, so when you find somebody boasting about his works, it's like chale, bro. No one come home. It was according to his own purpose. Which means your understanding of salvation should make you more humble by the day. A proud man has not understood salvation. (laughs) Now, look at 2 Timothy, sorry, Titus chapter 3, the verse 4. I love it. (laughs) Look, he says, but after the kindness and love of our Savior toward man had appeared. It's like, so man of God, are you saying that all this while in the Old Testament days, God's kindness was not there? No, they had what they had in type. They didn't have the fullness of that experience. The fullness of grace came through Jesus. Jesus. So he says, but after the kindness and love of our Savior toward man appeared, uh huh. Not, let's read together one, two, go loudly. Now, I love this thing. Remember, you know, you, we can see some few principles about salvation here. We get to understand number one, salvation is a gift of God. Number two, in 2 Timothy 1 9, the Bible says, Who has saved us and caught us with a holy calling, not according to our works which is but according to his own purpose. So we are saved according to God's purpose. Number three, he says, Not of works of righteousness. Remember, what are the four things? What's the first thing among the four things that doesn't save a man? Righteous living. So He saying, Not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but according to his what? So we are saved by his mercy. You know what it means? When a man ever thinks his works contributed to salvation, you know what he has done? He has actually insulted God's gift, neglected God's purpose, and frustrated God's mercy. Hmm. See, to think salvation is by works is an insult to Christ. Are you following this? So now, he says, But according to his mercy, he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5, the verse 6 to 10. One interesting chapter. Romans chapter 5, from the verse 6 to 10. Now, now look. Now the Bible says, for when you were without strength. Are you seeing that? So it was when you were without without strength to do anything to convince God to save you. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So Christ never thought of dying because he found someone doing good. It was when we were without strength. We didn't have what it take to please God. Then the verse 7 says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet per adventure for a good man someone will even dare to die. Ah-ha. Give that to me in NLT. And, and let's analyze something here. He says, now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Now, how many know that at least Reverend Papu is a good man. How many admit that? Question. Will you die for me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> but for fellas, just look at the wife's face and said, I won't die for you. <laughs> Even you, you won't die for your wife. Except uh, I said never. <laughs> you pay for it in the house. <laughs> you better apologize here. You know, it's better not to tell her you, you will not die for her. Yes, yes, yes. Don't tell her, but who wouldn't say, woman? Silence Silence is the key. Yeah. <laughs> that was just by the way, anyway. So he says, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Imagine I'm just preaching, and then somebody enters with a, a gun. And he comes to stand in front here. And he says, Your pastor or you? <laughs> 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 your pastor or <are> you? So, <laughs> so I either one of you sacrifice for your pastor so he can be able to preach to the many others that are left. Oh, your pastor dies. <laughs> now, grown up, sir. Then you get someone get a pastor, rubber, patch media, so I'm about you. In the first year, i me, <laughs> <laughs> name the no crowd, baby. I'll uh. tell you, I'll say salvation by West, salvation by West. I'm going to go to the grass here. <laughs> patch <laughs> of Kuno, Kuno, why? Why? TBC, finish me. Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might, perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, perhaps. But look at the next verse. He says, For scarcely, Oh, But God did what? Commended his love Toward us While we were yet sinners. So listen, How can you dare boast That you did something good to be saved? Because while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. So now that you are born again, when and at what point did you ever think that it was something you did that ended your salvation? Explain that. Explain that to me. Give that to me in NLT version. Now watch. He says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Still, still sinners. I love this thing. Now here comes a great controversy. Acts chapter 15, the verse one. Now, for your information, this argument of whether we are saved apart from works, or we are saved because of works, it's not a new argument. So the people says, man of God, no, we are not saved only by grace alone, through faith alone, Christ alone. We are saved also by our works. I can't argue with you if you don't want to believe it. Because that argument existed long ago. But the conclusion is what matters here. There was a serious argument. Look at the context. And certain men which were, which came down from Judea, taught the brethren and said, except ye be circumcised after the man of Moses, you cannot be saved. What kind of salvation is that? Salvation by circumcision. That's obeying Moses that was a serious thing now look at the next verse he says when therefore who Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension about this matter and disputation with them and they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question look at the next verse. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through eyes or eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Samaria declaring the conversion of the Gentiles and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. Now remember in Acts chapter 10, while Peter was preaching, he thought he had to baptize them in water before they get born again or they get filled with the Holy Ghost. While Peter was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they were confused we are supposed to preach before they believe Then we say, let's go into water now when we are preaching they receive the holy ghost i'm confused now the gospel was getting clearer by the day so now in the verse 4 the bible tells us and when they were come to jerusalem they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders and they declared all the things that god had done with them about how gentiles were being saved only by believing the gospel apart from their works now look at the next verse the Bible says, and they rose accepting of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed. That means, these Pharisees, who had religious backgrounds, believed the gospel, but their religiosity did not leave them. It's as though Israel came out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. These people were Pharisees who got born again, but the Pharisees uh, were still in them. And they said, no, 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 no. They were saying that it was needful to circumcise the Gentiles and command them to keep the law of Moses. Command them. Command them. Look at the next verse. And the apostles and the elders came together for to consider this matter and no now look at the next verse and when they had been much what disputing now argument concerning doctrine eh? it is not now Peter rose up and said unto them now pay attention men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago, God made choice amongst us, that the Gentiles by my mouth, according to Acts chapter 10, remember should hear the word of the gospel and believe, next verse and God which know what the hearts bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did to us so if you are saying that Jewish people obey the law before they received the Holy Ghost these Gentiles did not obey the law they received the Holy Ghost so now there is a confusion so at which point does a man receive the Holy Ghost by obeying the law or by believing by believing so the next verse he says and put no difference between us and them purifying their hearts by faith next verse <laughs> now therefore can you imagine the rebuke he says why tempt God That means anybody that says that people are saved by their works is tempting God. Ah. Why tempt you God? To put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. Ah. Hey! Next verse. We're going to read read really loudly. That is if you are born again. Okay? One, two, Go! was the conclusion. They are concluded on that matter. But we believe that was the conclusion to solve the matter of whether we are saved by works or we are saved without works. But we believe that through what? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. That's how they solve this problem. Am I helping you? Now, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, the verse 15. Look, that's my final scripture. I have not started my message. So I just used today to do introduction for you. Then tomorrow, we go in, next week, we go into assurance of salvation. So if you miss next week, I mean, you've missed so much. Can we read together? One, two, Go! salvation salvation is which is Jesus. this is good now hear me this truth is not basic It's not basic. Your walk with God begins here. You will never be proud again when you understand this thing. That I'm only here by grace. This is the demonstration of the love of God. That while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And then we conclude that salvation is 100% God and 0% man. That's how we end this teaching. Salvation is what? And? So salvation is not joint partnership. is sole proprietorship God owns it I've closed Let's pray Father This is the greatest message that the world should hear of what you did through your son What a joy it is to know such a truth it is never boring to us we hear this over and over and over and over and our hearts will still be gladdened that you made a way by becoming the way thank you for your blood thank you for redemption and thank you for the cross thank you for resurrection thank you for glory thank you for giving us your spirit we thank you that this truth does not leave our heart that salvation is grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone thank you that your word produces fruit in our hearts and today we will not bring shame again to you but our lives will be an example of a man that is truly saved and born of God thank you Father in Jesus name Amen